Now things are getting a bit fired up. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Locked down and fired up. That's what's happening here today. We've been banned from the Batuta Studios because Anastasia Palaszczuk doesn't want any filthy, gloating, corrupt, drug-addled, heartless mercenaries from New South Wales who'd sell their grandmother to build an apartment block if they hadn't already, bringing their COVID filth to the pristine, honest, hard-working, sunny, everyday, loyal, big-hearted, do-it-for-your-mates, do-it-for-your-state, Queensland! So we're doing this remote from our homes. I'm Dennis Carnahan here via Zoom with Peter Volander's number one critic, Chris Gale. 76 plays six. And Peter Volander's number one fan, Redfern Pat, trying to control the absolute mess that is logistics under COVID. I'm fired up at just how much there is to be fired up about right now in the aftermath of Origin 2 that had Paul Fatty Vorton calling to scrap Game 3. Injuries through the Maroons' camp, including a hamstring strain from a dive. And the worst of all, worse than an anterior cruciate ligament rupture, worse than your bicep or a, a pec tear, worse than a simple shoulder or elbow subluxation, worse even than a syndesmosis strain. Chafe. A player was hospitalised for chafe, for scrot rot, for compost nuts. Don't these people use talcum powder? But the greatest farce since some idiot wrote a camp music hall song called That's In Queensland to highlight how ridiculous the selection criteria for Queensland State of Origin are. The NRL was alerted to a player's ineligibility on the very eve of Origin. It may seem cruel, it may seem harsh, but in the wake of that song, which the most reliable source of truth and accuracy in rugby league, the Daily Telegraph said, changed Origin selection policy. The criterion were made simple. A simple three-question test. One, were you born in Queensland? Two, did you move to Queensland before your 13th birthday? Three, did your mother or father play Origin for Queensland? If you answer a single yes to any of those questions, just one yes, congratulations, you can play for Queensland. But if you come up with three no's, you can't. It's that simple! And then we get to lockdown, and there are conspiracy theories abounding, and no one in the mainstream media is talking about them. And I believe Peter Volandis, number one critic, Chris Gale, is spreading them. Chris, have you not said that Volandis is out of control? I have, Dennis. Have you not said that he's ruining the game? I can confirm that, Dennis. Have you not said that his rule changes are madness and he has to be reined in? It's inevitable, Dennis. Reined in, their little horse racing reference. Well, the one time he was lauded and worshipped, the one act that earned him permission and authority to make these unilateral changes and become the dictator was when COVID hit last year. Chris Gale, are you really suggesting that Peter Volandis set up the latest COVID outbreak to bring the game back to his wheelhouse and wrest control of the game back from the anti-Volandites and even Nick? Is that what you're suggesting? It is what I'm suggesting, Dennis. So I have a certain inside tipster he goes by the moniker of at duke 2517 who's a former tarmac supervisor for Qantas might have been involved in the Mulatalo incident to some degree and we'll come to that but he gave me highly reliable information that Peter Volandis the horseman the overlord himself was booked on a Qantas flight there's not many of them out of this country on Sunday night the Mulatalo fiasco being the straw that broke the proverbial horseman's back until he heard three words and they were it's Gladys lockdown and by those three words Gladys Berejiklian saved the career of Peter Volandis as he's now able to roll up his sleeves go chasing after all those scurrilous COVID breakers I'm looking at you Bulldogs and Newtown Jet and set his career back on course because it was veering out of control I'm at a 70 point differential in the first two games of Origin one reason and one reason only well two New South Wales are better but secondly, the rules. The rules. Did you see Women's Origin? No set restarts. How good was it? Uh, plus, they were playing old school footy. They're allowed to belt each other, That's which terrific. under Volandis ball, you can't. Absolutely terrific. 
And in, in fact, what was the quote that uh, Ali Brigginshaw said about women's state of origin? So Ali Brigginshaw, who, um, who might be ruled out of whatever next happens in women's rugby league, it could be the NRLW, if anyone can follow that with their with their new system where they're going to take the 24 elite players and then, you know, allocate them across the six new franchises. It sounds confusing to me. But Ali Brigginshaw had a terrific game. Um, she's up on charges for apparently pulling the hair of uh, <laughs> Kennedy Charrington. But her quote was, woman's footy was fucking awesome tonight. Now that is origin. That is Sam Bacco. That is what we want to see. And you know what Andrew Abdo said? Well, that wasn't ideal. I mean, come on now. That was the ideal. Ali Brigginshaw, the Queensland Maroons women's team, and the New South Wales freshly named Sky Blues are keeping the origin flame burning, Dennis, because let's face it, based on what we saw at Suncor on Sunday night, it's just about snuffed out in the men's game. So was anyone anywhere in the media saying men's origin was fucking awesome tonight? <laughs> no. They, well, they, they did just... use one of those two words, and it wasn't awesome, I can assure you. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there were certain members of the New South Wales camp as they sank their tins in the dressing room. It was nice to see them sinking tins in the dressing room. That, that's, that's a nice little throwback that we haven't seen a lot of. And, and seeing joy and in the New New South Wales I mean, dressing room. I mean, that was still a thing. I thought they went, a, what? I thought they went on sale like decades ago. I thought that was like KB or something. It was always my favourite that Tui's new, but then they used to have cans of Tui's draft. Yes. And a draft necessarily is pulled, like draft beer means it's pulled from a tap, not canned. No, no, so my, it's like my saying understanding was to his draft was individually pulled from a tap into each can. That was what made it unique. <laughs> and a beautiful, right. essentially a white can with the red lettering, if I remember it correctly. Oh, that's the one. The, with the, there was the red circle. There was actually a draft beer. It said Tui's Draft. That um, was the subject of the just- How Do You Feel ads, wasn't it? The Tui's Draft. That was it. Yeah, I feel like a Tui. That was that was what it came from. Yeah. But the, the big the big scandal, the big hoo ha that caused media outlets to go nuts was the Mulatalo affair. Well, this is now, in your wheelhouse, isn't it, Dennis? I mean, you've almost been waging a one person campaign about the origin eligibility rules, and now the they've come home to roost. I mean, as you pointed out, you only have to answer yes to one of these questions, and apparently. They've done the forensic on Molotaro's five contracts that he's signed for Queensland, and he's got three yeses and two noes answering the questions. So he has the quintessential modern rugby league, yeah, nah, contract. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, nah, nah, but nah, 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 but, but, but there's no room for but in there. And this is the thing. People want clarity. They want the rules and they want the questionnaire to say, are you eligible for Queensland or New South Wales? And the interesting part comes if it's it's actually the question isn't are you born in Queensland? It's are you born in Queensland or New South Wales? Are you did you move to Queensland or New South Wales before your thirteenth birthday? Because that's the one where Luke Keary comes unstuck. Luke Keary wanted to play for Queensland. He was born in Ipswich. He was raised in Ipswich. Plays his junior footy in Ipswich. Identified as a Queenslander, uh, but he moved to New South Wales before his thirteenth birthday. And I was playing at a referees function, the Cole Pierce Medal Awards, back in the glory days where Todd Greenberg was the CEO. And from the stage, I asked Todd, is Luke Keary eligible to play for Queensland? And he stood up and said, if Luke Keary is going to play State of Origin, he's only eligible for New South Wales. He moved here before... He actually made this very clear. Moved here before his 13th birthday, so he has to play for New South Wales. He has no choice. He can choose not to play State of Origin, of course. Right, so if you're born in one of the states and then you move and reside in another one before the age of 13, your uh, eligibility flips, does it? Yeah, yeah, well, no, you have the choice. Right, you've got the choice, right. So that's, so that's where it's, it's, it's this concept. The problem is calling it origin. That's the whole purpose of the song. It's what is origin? Because they're saying that origin is when you're, when you're 13 is when you start playing, you've started high school and you start international rules rugby league. If you're playing junior rugby league, you're playing under a different set of rules, much like the Willoughby under eights. They'd be playing under a different set of rules. Well, except playing- they still have the, the set restarts, amazingly. So a couple of questions that come to mind here. Uh, first of all, I'm not really familiar with the, the, uh, the medical facilities at the uh, New South Wales-Queensland border, but in the sort of the Tweed Heads, Mwilumbar type situation, where's the main hospital? Like, where's, where's, where's the well, first this is unit? The thing. If I'm actually living, say, in 
uh, burly heads, but I actually crossed the border because the hospitals <laughs> in that area is just in New South Wales. What technically do I qualify as? Well, this is where it comes to the classic case of the Queenslander himself, Billy Moore. Billy Moore was born in Wollongarra. Now, I'm almost tempted to put on a map and put it up on the Fire Up Facebook page because I, I know the house that he grew up in. So he was born, he had the nearest Tenderfield of Wollongarra is Tenderfield, New South Wales. So Billy's mum had him in Tenterfield, then raced him back to ten, <laughs> raced him back to Wollongarra, as he said, before the New South Wales oxygen burnt his lungs. And he grew up there. But there was no rugby league team in Wollongarra. It's a two hundred like two hundred people live in Wollongarra. It's right on the border. The town across the border is Jennings. So it's like Albury Wodonga. You've got the bridge in between, you've got the River Murray in between Albury and Wodonga. Um Wollongarra Jennings is 200 and 100. The borderline literally goes across the railway platform. Yep. So when you're at Wollongarra Station, there's a line on there and that line continues onto the sign. The statue to Billy Moore, which has no... It's not made of bronze. It's not a statue of, of Billy. It's just one... A collection of big white letters like the Hollywood sign that says, it doesn't say, Welcome to Queensland. It says, Queenslander! Right, sorry, I thought you said the... So, a, moment, a moment ago, I thought you said the statue of... Billy Moore. That actually, there's a law. There's a Queensland law passed that determines your eligibility. Well, see, but see, I, Billy Billy Moore says that the test should be where do you belong. That's this is what Billy Moore says. It's, and again, that comes down to is that really origin, Billy? No, I think he's right. He's, I mean, I think uh, no greater commentator than the great Gus Gould himself was reflecting on this fiasco over the weekend, and he said. Look, when Origin was conceived, our game, and let's face it, it's always about our game, was basically played in Sydney and Brisbane amongst a bunch of Anglo-Saxon people. And here we are 40 plus years and the demographic nature of the game is changing. And I think that we're seeing this as a worldwide movement. So I think I think we have to, and I think the NRL has to get on board here. I think it's now possible in 2021, as much as it's possible and we accept happily that people can be gender fluid, I think the people have to be origin fluid. And that, I think I, that would have avoided the Molotalo fiasco. The Molotalo affair. Sorry, I think you're right. right. I think that, that there has to be some fluidity. There has to be a, a, a rainbow in between blue and maroon. There's a range of colours. The but origin is, coalition, if you might. Could you, could you though, could you though have someone in between? Like, well, I guess what happens is if you're right in between, if you're right on the fence, if you're there and you're born in New South Wales, went to school in Queensland, you're back and forth. You know, Billy Moore, like I said, he played rugby league in Tenterfield. His first team was was the Tenterfield. I've forgotten what they're called. Let me, let me, that's let me, let, let me have a wild guess. The Saddlers? No, no, they weren't called the Tenterfield Saddlers. Well, that's an opportunity you, missed. You'd think. And imagine the sponsorships. But Billy had to play his rugby league in Tenterfield. But even growing up, he was teased for being a Queenslander. Like, it was kind of a running gag. He could see the border from his bedroom window. He could literally kick a ball from his front door over the border. So he could have played He could have played for either. But I mean, these, these in contracts... that case, there's another little town in, in New South Wales called Coonabarabran, which, you know, it's, it's more out west, but it seems that if you're from Coonabarabran, you, you can't choose between New South Wales and Queensland, so you become a referee. So that's where the Suttons come from. So this is a thing. If you're right in the middle of that fluidity rainbow, then your only choice is to become a referee. Right. So basically, where you're born does actually influence the outcome. <laughs> you know, in terms of the is it? I, I saw a movie called The Bad Seed about a homicidal maniac, eight-year-old girl, 1958 classic, absolutely entertaining, <laughs> uh, and it really dives into are you is it hereditary or environment? And it seems like Origin hasn't solved this, but like. Mm. As we sort of move into this new world, and I think what you're advocating is a just a complete revamp of the rules, which will enable you to continue to write your song uh, forever and a day. There is the alternative view, of course, and no more uh, important an authority than er Emeritus Professor of Mathematics, Benny Elias, had this to say about the Mulatalo affair. Queensland tried to abuse the system and the system beat them. They tried to play someone who wasn't eligible. It's as simple as that. They have finally been sprung, finally been caught out, and I have no sympathy for them. Bugger them. 
They try to take advantage of the situation. This is a victory for the rules and regulations of the State of Origin Code. He hasn't played any of his junior rugby league in Queensland. Not sure that's true. He's a Kiwi, well and truly, born in South Auckland. Because he's over here and waves a wand and goes to Queensland, he's suddenly a Queenslander. So Benny Elias is sitting high on the hog today, comfortable in his Boy. view that Mulatalo should never have taken the field. But it does raise the question, doesn't it, Dennis? What was the horseman's role in all this? Because he's taken full responsibility on the Sunday footy show saying, I take full responsibility for this. But this is the man. And everyone's saying, what about Joseph Swaley? Well, can we change rules? Can we make exceptions, etc., etc.? What this about is Sonny Bill when, Williams? When someone says, I take full responsibility, I recall a certain Prime Minister, I don't know how many Prime Ministers ago it was, his name was Tony Abbott. And there was all sorts of shenanigans. He said, I take full responsibility for this. And in taking full responsibility, he washed his hands, potchance pilot style, and moved on and did nothing about it. Taking responsibility isn't just saying, I take responsibility. Barry O'Farrell, friend of the show, Barry O'Farrell, former Tigers chairman, Barry O'Farrell, when he was caught out being given a bottle of, of Grange, which he forgot about, he said, you know what? I take full responsibility. He fell on his sword, he quit. I accepted that. Has Volandis. Has Volandis. Yeah, so did I. And, and the thing, there's all these people saying, oh, Barry, you know, he's probably got a whole lot of other stuff he's hiding. No, it was, you know, I cacked that it came out. If it was, if there was more, it, more would have come out, and it didn't. I mean, so, I don't, I don't honorable like man. I would have forgotten. You don't like Grant? Yeah, yeah I would have forgotten. Oh, I've had given it. it. Yeah, but I mean, the, the th- there was a lot of consternation about the horseman giving an interview on Triple M on Sunday saying that he hoped that Queensland won for the sake of. <laughs> TV ratings, attendances, and general interest level. So everyone thought that the ladies would be all over the Queensland tilt. But if you think about it, he's he's been um, not uh, preventing. Uh, sorry, he's he's facilitated Suwali to play for the Roosters. He's facilitated Sonny Bill Williams to play for the Roosters by coming up with exceptions to rules. But when it comes to Ronaldo Mulatalo. And indeed, when it comes to Bernie Sutton and his involvement with the Queensland (laughs) camp, he seems powerless to do anything. And I think this is, we talk about our conspiracy theories. Well, I think we should talk in facts, Dennis. I only ever talk in facts. We've established that uh, it's COVID has saved Peter Volandis' career because he was about to get on the plane again. I think also he was running a beautiful smokescreen there saying, I'm all over Queensland's tilt, when in fact what he wanted was a New South Wales victory because... There are two Sydney Roosters who play for New South Wales and a higher authority has just said, PBL, we're not going to let anything get in the way of a New South Wales two-zip. And sure enough, it came to pass. The person continuing to run rugby league is the head of the Kiffer conspiracy. And I refer, of course, to Uncle Nick Politis. Uncle Nick. Yeah, look, that, that it does make a lot of sense. I, I do wonder, like I was, I was watching the things unfolding. I was kind of waiting for... Uh, yeah, Imagine the scenario where Mulatalo had played and then it was discovered after that he was ineligible. Imagine the hoo-ha then. There'd be Paul Green would have to be looking at the Ricky Stewart press conference and going, what did he say again? Oh, thank goodness we didn't win. <laughs> because if we did win, we might have lost the two points. Poor old Greeny. I mean, they're already calling for his head. And again, Emeritus <laughs> Professor Elias has said that he should be sacked immediately and Wayne Bennett installed mid-series, <laughs> which would be pretty tough. But Greeny's probably the architect of his own disaster. He did do a radio ad during the week leading up to Origin for Sleeper Hut, uh, and I immediately thought that would be a betting uh, type situation, like a Captain Snooze, right? Yeah. Right. No, no. They actually sell sleepers for railway railways. <laughs> And, right. and, and for building garden beds. It's down in Beanley, Queensland. Get down there. It's part of the Logan <laughs> district. It's absolutely terrific. Well, he described New South Wales as marshmallows in the lead up on that ad. And I think, you know, calm is a bitch and it's really, really, really hurt him. But uh, yeah, it's uh, tough times for Queensland at the moment, don't you think? Oh, it's it's very tough times. And they're, and they're all sogging. As I mentioned in the preamble, you've got Fatty Vorton calling off the third game. Yes, yes. Calling off the third game. The audio. All the jokes of last year's being the worst team in Origin history, and it's pretty much the same team that have now been smashed. Except they haven't, you know, they have lost a few with the Harry Grant. They have. Uh, it's gotten so bad that Anastasia Palaszczuk has started to call lockdowns just 
just for the hell of it. Yeah. She's locked down Townsville. Townsville's where the first one happened. So she's locked down Townsville and Magnetic Island. The second one happened in Brisbane. She's locked down Brisbane. She's filthy. She's not letting anyone out. Anyway, Dennis, it's great to be a New South Welsh person right at the moment. For me, it's just a blue world. It's time for the latest instalment of The Life and Times of Gus Gould. And at that point, I was sitting down on the sideline and I stood up and went and walked towards the sideline. I'm actually, I'm actually standing on the sideline when this voice comes from behind me. Hey, Gould, I didn't pay $250 a ticket to look at your fat ass. When a voice behind me, some fan yelled out, Hey, Gould, sit down. I didn't pay $250 to look at your fat ass. <laughs> And I turned around and I looked at the bloke. I said, well, apparently you did. And I turned around and I said to him, I said, well, apparently you f***ing did. <laughs> I went and found the bloke. I said, man, apologies. He said, no, he said, it was a great comeback. He said, it was terrific. He said, he really enjoyed it. And he, he, come, he come and saw me after the game. He said, that was the best comeback of all time. <laughs> and that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Anyway, we're all fired up. Let's go. Oh, Gus is fired up. He's repeating stories. There's nothing better than a Gus Gould story repeated. But because I was working on the game, I missed it. I missed the Gus Gould preamble. And I missed as well that there was a, an interview apparently with Andrew Abdo, with the Abdo man, as he's known, um, talking about masks. Chris, what, what was happening? What was doing with the masks? Well, as you know, I'm a little bit perverse, Dennis, so I'd like to have a look at what was happening on Fox Sports. And can I just give a big shout-out to Vonnie Sampson taking over the reins at the head of NRL 360. I don't know if you caught it last night, but it was seamless and it was magnificent. But uh, the poor old panel was there stuck in Sydney trying to look relevant. You know, you had your Ennises, your Cooper Cronks, your, your Brace along with Vonnie. And they had an interview with Andrew Abdo, and he said, you know, we have to be nimble in rugby league. And he was presaging some of the... Changes to the You're not going to do a South African accent? You're yes. not going to do a South African accent for us? No, absolutely <laughs> not. This shows in enough trouble already. And um, Cooch Pucha. Uh, and um, so he said, we have to be nimble. We'll probably have to change some of the venues, etc. given the stay-at-home slash lockdown. That's right. Sorry, my boss wants to refer to it as a lockdown because that gives him more chance of saving his career. And he said, <laughs> we've had to ship in 40,000 masks and distribute it to all the punters at Suncourt Stadium because of the changing COVID situation in Brisbane. Well, as far as I could see, it failed miserably. And as it turns out, all those masks were delivered to Stadium Australia by mistake. <laughs> in the hope that there's a game there in a couple of weeks' time for the same thing. And, 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 and there's one thing I'm pretty confident of. There won't be a game there in a week or so's time, a couple of weeks' time. But, yes, the Gus preamble. So people have been wondering where it was, has it come back? And then, of course... Last game one was a, a, a masterpiece, essentially because he's either nicked it from Game of Thrones or Roger oh, Kipling yeah, yeah, yep. or yep. both. But this was just a plea to Queensland. He actually just basically said, Queensland, you are going to have to be like this in order for this game to have any relevance whatsoever. And I've never actually experienced that, where Gus has actually seen the situation is so diabolical and the fact that Origin is so much part of his DNA that if Queensland don't actually step up and do something, he might be out of a job. So his ministration was to Queensland. This is your time. Where are you? Find your spirit. Attack, defend, do whatever you need to do to keep this series alive. And not even Gus Gould could get them over the line. And you could tell his distress throughout the match because obviously he was, you know, not much part of the... He wasn't doing the game, you know, the, the actual in-game commentary. He was just being yep. referred to down in the... New South Wales bunker as part of the experts. And on more than one occasion, he referred to 
Daniel Saifidi as Joseph Sawali. And I mean, <laughs> they certainly both begin with S and N and I, but that's about it. And uh, fortunately, Gus, who's uh, got absolutely no problems with having a bit of a crack at himself, he tweeted at halftime, just testing you all listening with crying, laughing emojis. Apologies to Daniel Saifidi. Enjoy the second half. And I have to say, when <laughs> Gus uses that word enjoy, enjoy your origin football, enjoy your second half, I do enjoy it. And I thank him for that, though he was clearly <laughs> disappointed that he, arguably one of the greatest origin coaches of all time, couldn't get Queensland over the line. Of course he's... This is a thing. This comes down to yin and yang. This comes down to... Without the devil, God doesn't exist. Mm. You need... He needs the opposition. Gus Gould needs Queensland. There is if no there's Batman no Queensland, without the Joker. There's, if there's no Queensland, there is no Gus Gould origin legend. There is no Tolman and, without Dean. No. And that... Well, I don't know if they're quite... <laughs> They're quite the same as as opposites, but no, they hated each other. Did they? Are you not aware of that? Oh, Tobal and Dean absolutely despised each other. But boy, they could ice dance. Goodness, yeah. And is it is it possible that uh, the reason they couldn't find the Queensland spirit is because, well, as Xavier Coates was born in Papua New Guinea, you've got uh, four or five New Zealanders. That they're actually not Queenslanders. Could this could this come down once again to the Mulatalo affair? That maybe you need actual Queenslanders to have an actual Queensland spirit. But the Queensland spirit, they talk about it being mateship. They talk about it being this and that. But really, what it is is hating New South Wales, and they don't hate New South Wales. Oh, look, I agree with that. I mean, when I went up to the two thousand and one decider at the old QE two slash ANZ Stadium, which was famous for the bringing back of Alfie Langer. I finally understood what it was about. It was that Queenslanders do not support Queensland. They actively hate New South Wales. Yep. And, Which know, is why it works in the women's game where they've got the woman from Warrigal, the winger from Warrigal, the women's winger from Warrigal, which is in Victoria. It works because Victoria hates New South Wales as well. Look, I mean, it's it's old-fashioned origin shenanigans. You've got Chelsea Leonard, Leonard Duzzi pulling the penalty in front of the sticks Giving Belinda oh. stuff, I thought, no option but to award it at the end. As we said, you've got Brigginshaw pulling Charrington's hair. You've got you've got the Queensland coach, Tani Norris, saying it in terms of the new Wunderkund hooker, Destiny Brill, that we had money on her scoring a try. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> They're just saying we're betting on the games. They're pulling hair. They're pulling penalties. That's origin. But over in the men's game, the enforcer for Queensland, and I like the guy, but it's Christian Welsh. And he's giving interviews oh. about trickle-down economics doesn't work. And it turns out he's, <laughs> he's a Labor man and a member of the RLPA, and he's tantamount to a communist. I mean, you can't he's, have he's, these people representing the state of Queensland. It makes no sense. And when Greenie starts saying they're marshmallows as far as the blues into the mix, no wonder it was one-way traffic. Because Christian Welsh had an interview where on the ABC it's a couple of weeks ago, and while he was on the phone, they played to him an extract from uh, is it Brinko Lee, who's I think he's leaving the storm. They played a little, they played a little extract of Brinko, and that and Luke had asked Brinko, so who's who's the biggest pest? Is there anyone that like you're really you're really glad to be leaving the, to getting rid of, like leaving the storm? You're going to be happy not to see again. And he's like, oh yeah, Christian Welsh, Christian Welsh. He's just like he's he's you know he's daddy's boy. He does everything that. Uh, that Bellamy says, and he, he he's all lovely, but he's not. He's just a pain in the butt. So this was played to Christian Welsh, and Christian Welsh was like, "I'm the daddy's boy. I'm the daddy's boy." Listen, me and Craig are so like Craig is such a country party liberal. Like he is, he is the coalition. He is all private enterprise. Me, I'm the working man. I like the working. So he's a remember the Labor Party is a Queensland phenomenon. The Labor Party came from Queensland shearers. And Christian Welsh, despite being born in Sydney, Christian, despite being born in Sydney, claims himself to be part of the Queensland Labor movement. I tell you what, I mean, this this incursion of politics and rugby league is such a problem. I mean, uh, look at uh, Dished Dowling with the Palmer United Party and uh, Glenn Lazarus himself. <laughs> it, it really doesn't work. But you're hearing all this stuff. You're hearing Welsh is doing an MBA, for God's sake. You're hearing that the Goodness. New South Wales Blues, instead of going out on the bonding sessions, a la the women's, I heard the, the women's, both teams were just out painting uh, the uh, Sunshine Coast every colour of the rainbow in the lead up to the game. Apparently the New South Wales bonding activities are table tennis cards and get this, chess. 
Oh, Talk about your no. queen's gambit. No wonder the game is atrophying. And women's origin is our only hope. And they're talking about making it a three-game series. Well, I'm completely opposed to that. They need to make it a seven-game series because we need more <laughs> of the DNA of rugby league than what we're getting out of the men's caper. As for the game itself, Dennis, uh, again, you working, and look, I'll be honest, I didn't listen to your coverage. Um, but um, a lot of people were uh, noticing the fact uh, that those very tight space age, if, if I can use that descriptor, New South Wales jerseys were somewhat revealing. Some would say it was a little bit revealing of Latrell Mitchell when he was making that beautiful sprint down. It wasn't the... that beautiful. Cause, and this is the thing, you, you want to see... You want to see your heroes on the TV. You want to see your heroes playing, but you also want your heroes to have humanity and have something something you can identify with. And this is where you know the, the whole the whole rainbow move in the last few years. And, and Belinda Sharp and sorry, Belinda Sleem, Belinda no, she's Sharp now. She was Sleeman, saying things like "You can't be what you can't see." And I sat there and I watched as that beautiful belly moved. And it was a wonderful movement, the way it's stretching. You could see the belly button. There was no nonsense abs on there. There was no fictitious you know, sculpting. That was a man. It, certainly it was sp- a beautiful man. It certainly spoke to me. And this is the genius of Freddie. It's like Samson and his hair. You've got to let these players express themselves. And Latrell is a different beast now because he's allowed to let it all hang out and let his freak flag fly. Absolutely he's superb. He's- running with freedom and it, it didn't seem to impinge his movement he didn't seem to be slowed down by having just a little bit I and mean, I'm sure his belly is nowhere near as large as mine but he's he, just having that little bit highlighted I thought it was beautiful and, and equally it, uh, the tight uh, New South Wales jerseys revealed that uh, Teddy Tedesco seemed to have something strapped around ah, his yes, I did waist see that. as well now he claimed it was uh, something associated with that hip pointer inj- injury he'd suffered a few weeks ago a lot of a lot of speculation on the internet that it was a colostomy bag, which I thought was pretty unfair. Now you know, you know the hardest thing about having a colostomy bag. No, I actually don't, and I, and I really it's, don't. But I, I, you know, I have all the sympathy for people going through that difficult I can, time. I can, I can tell you what it is: it's finding shoes to match. That's that right. Okay. Well, his was a was a, an off white number. To me, it looked like a scene out of Blow with Johnny Depp, and you know, go, or you know, even <laughs> even even Underbelly, A Tale of Two Cities with Matthew Newton. If anyone remembers that series, you know, bringing in bringing in the horse from you know Southeast Asia, and whatever it did, it didn't seem to slow him down. And in fact, it actually played into. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think that's the purpose of, of white powder that you might carry in a bag. That's right, but it uh, actually played into Cameron Munster's defence, and let's. Let's just call a grub a grub. Cameron Munster is just absolutely miles in front for grub of the year. There's a. I have to say this. This was because we we were calling it off tube. We weren't allowed to go to Queensland to do it. Um, ABC said no. Plus, given what's happened now, had the ABC's team gone to Brisbane to call the game, they'd be stuck up there for the next two weeks. However, uh, watching it, I did see that bag, and my my greatest joy. I, I know, you're about to mention this wonderful 5.8 for Queensland. Just what a cat he is. And he's such a cat when he's winning. And you hate seeing him win because he's just such... He's the cat with nine tails. But when he's losing, he's just a straight-up cat. And he's so sulky. And it's so beautiful. And watching... People say, oh, you know, he really needs to get more ball. I I believe... Did Billy Slater talk about him saying, oh, got to get it to some of our stars? Like, pause, crickets. Uh... Oh, DCE or, or Cam Munster. Every time Cam got the ball, he was just wrapped up by Tommy Turbo. Tommy Turbo put his loving, uh, what they, Monovale Raiders arms around him and just brought him down. It was wonderful. I don't want to tell you how to do Rugby League the Musical, but it wouldn't uh, really harm your show if you actually got a compilation of Cam kicking people because there's a growing amount well, of footage of that. And now you've got the, the knees into is, the mix. But his defence yeah, was... Problem is, his defence was, I knew I wasn't going to hurt him because I went straight into the bag that Teddy was wearing around the waist, so there was no real damage done. Listen, you mentioned Billy Slater there, and there's a fair amount of speculation on the wires that he could be in the mix for Queensland coach. But it was interesting. <laughs> when, when you described that, he said, I think he said something along the lines like, DC and Cameron Munster have got to take responsibility for getting the ball to some of the Queensland stars. And he looped back to DC and Cameron Munster, and then he just said, "No one knows what's going on." 
But uh, <laughs> Billy gave us a couple of absolutely beautiful moments in commentary. Queensland were up for the first set because they heard the Gus Gould pre-game speech and it was good enough for about 10 minutes before they were gassed. But he had this to reflect on after the powerful first defensive set from Queensland. Well, that's exactly what the Queenslanders need, Rabs. A big start from their defensive set. set. They got their baseball bats out. Now it's time for the Blues to return serve. Talk about your mixed metaphor. Uh, wow. Obviously, had Wimbledon on his mind a little bit about returning serve, but baseball bats. Obviously, he's a fan of the movie The Warriors. And secondly, can you imagine <laughs> defensive training with Billy and the Origin squad? Could get pretty willing if they get the bats out. I think the main, the main thing you'd hear with Billy's commentary would be going, Oh, wow. Would there be... That's, I don't know if that's enough to be... Maybe that is enough to be coach of origin because apparently Mel Meninga didn't say much. And apparently in that the, the famous speech by Choppy Close last year about what it is to wear an origin jersey, and Choppy stood up holding a maroon jersey. 140 kilograms of Choppy Close held it up. No, this wasn't last year. This was this was before the Paul Vorton worst team in origin history. And he held it up and he just started crying. And then he sat down again. And that was it. And that was what got them all fired up. Was there anyone in the rooms the other night? Would Billy Slater be able to walk into the coach's room and uh, just go, oh, wow. <laughs> then silence. Yeah. And then start crying. Yeah. And then sit down. Yeah. That would get the job it's done. And uh, he's got that aura. And by the way, your mate Choppy Close was on Twitter about the Mulatalo thing. It's fair to say he was a little bit fired up as well. <laughs> But, of course, the commentators were desperate for any indicator that uh, Queensland might come back in the game, Dennis. And so there was the point where Teddy was regarded as having knocked the ball on and they were all going, turning point, potential turning point. Billy had this to say about the Tedesco knock-on. We just spoke about it, Joey. Here's the replay of James Tedesco. If the ground wasn't there, it'd be a knock-on. That's why they call it a (laughs) knock-on. So a good coach needs to know the rules as well. As well. But it was a little hard to fathom because the footy certainly didn't seem to ever see any uh, moment where the ball was above the ground and returned to the ground in terms of being in contact with the fingertips of Tedesco. But I think... And it, I, I, it looked to me like he had downward pressure. Yes. Like if that was in the end goal, it would have been a dropout. Yes. He had downward pressure. Yeah, so... But, you know, and I don't want to say that Jerry Sutton didn't pull uh, 100% down the line... But again, Queensland, you know, might have been the beneficiary of a, of a couple of these moments which were designed to keep them in the game. But I tell you who was impressed by Jerry's performance and none other than the eighth immortal himself, Andrew Johns. Jared Sutton has officiated this game beautifully. He's only been six penalties, 5-1 to Queensland. Speaks volumes for what the expectation of the Blues is when they go to Suncourt. He goes, oh, they're absolutely beautifully. We're only down five to one in the penalties. And he's just, he's at peace with it. Now, I think you find as well that during the game, New South Wales had a, a far greater percent. Like they had, they had the ball more. And generally, the penalties are given away in defence, not in attack. So that means that the few times Queensland had the ball... New South Wales are giving away penalties. That, that, that kind of puts it at a 10 to 1 ratio. It's a huge ratio. Look, the other thing that struck me that you wouldn't have caught, Dennis, having been immersed in the audio technology, delivering it to the great taxpayers of the Australian and wider community, were the ads. So, Oh, yeah. See, we didn't get the ads. We had the direct feed, so we didn't get the ads. We did, we did somehow Channel 9 do manage when they give us the feed to put in audio of every now and again Billy and Rabs somehow they find their way to the sound effects yeah, right. which yeah, really they shouldn't but uh, we did we, so we just get but it was just in the background just a hint but no we certainly don't get ads well just what a couple miss? of highlights you missed out on a couple of they flogged was Sonny Bill Williams who's the voice of all football as far as we're concerned now promoing all the rugby union that's going to be on Stan's Sport to the tune of... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang, hang on. So, rug, so is, this, is this an alternative to rugby league? Is this something new? Or yes, is this... it's, a, it's, a, it's a spin-off. It's like, you know, it's a little right. bit like Big Bash. And, yeah, okay. And it was done to the strains of Kanye's West Stronger, which samples, of course, French electronic legends Daft Punk. So I think if you take rugby union, hip-hop, 
and uh, uh, French electronic pop and you pitch it to a league audience, you're absolutely <laughs> preaching to your target audience. And I'm sure that people signed up in enormous numbers through that particular <sighs> campaign that was waged during the middle of the Rugby League origin. Uh, Joe himself featured in a hilarious menu log ad with Wendell Saylor, where Wendell's in a bath sort of trying to get a rise out of Joey, who bizarrely is home watching the Origin game rather than commentating or being at the ground. Oh, it's in, a, in a bar. Sorry, I thought you said in a bath. No, he was. Wendell's in a bath. In a bath? Yeah, in, he's, in underwater. He's in a bubble bath. <laughs> Text, <laughs> texting these little G-ups to Joey, who sort of... You know, Wendell says, we're going to eat you like a taco. So Joey then orders tacos. If you see the connection, we're going to rip you like a pizza. And then Joey orders a pizza. And then he thanks Wendell right. for it. And Wendell goes, WTF. It's absolutely superb. It is actually the best acting performance I've seen Joey Johns in his storied career. And, <laughs> and I know he did date someone briefly who went out with Daniel Craig. And I can tell you it's rubbed off. And then, <laughs> and then finally, because we should probably quickly come to the upcoming round before we go to the part of the show that everybody waits for, which of course is uh, Redfern Pat with Media Watch and Feedback. There was right at the end of the coverage, which was really for the stayers and none of the kiddies were surely up at this time, but there's constant promos for Sportsbet, one of the betting companies who we'd absolutely entertain a sponsorship offer for on this show. <laughs> and it would normally be Sugar Kane, Joel Kane, talking about oh, yeah. odds, et cetera, et cetera. Did, did, did he ever play fullback for the Tigers? Maybe? He did actually. Premiership winner? Do you have any affection for him? Well, he wasn't a premiership winner. That was Brett Hodgson, of course. But Sugar played in our very first game. Slapped down. That's right. He played in our very first game, which, of course, was a 24-all draw out at Campbelltown Stadium against the Brisbane Broncos back in the Mm. year 2000. But the two dudes came on to talk basketball for Sportsbet at the end of the rugby league coverage. So we've seen rugby union, and then we've um, gone to basketball. And they proceeded to talk about the NBA Conference Finals. And I watch a lot of basketball in such arcane detail. I had no idea what they were talking about. And then they finished with a point spread that you could bet on how many points Lola Bunny would score in Space Jam and New Legacy with LeBron James. It was genuinely bizarre. It does seem odd. I get why you'd advertise menu log in State of Origin, but in in the pinnacle, in you know, this is not let's not forget, that was the first, second or third highest rating show worldwide according to Benny Elias. Correct. In Australia, if not the world if not the world. So why would you advertise your opposition sports? Why would you not be celebrating it? Because you're that confident, Dennis. You're that confident you're that, that com- this is the most dominant piece of sporting coverage on a global basis. The Euro You know what I'm surprised at? You know the Euro 2020s, no one's watching it. I'm surprised that there was no, uh, no advert for the AFL in there as well. With- well, as everyone wanted to point out, what was last weekend? It was a free kick to the AFL, Dennis. It was, and what happened? And what happened? They had to move all their games out of Sydney. <laughs> well, I, tell you, I tell you what happened. Uh, their premiers were playing against and killed the Richmond Tigers. They kicked two goals for the whole game. Now, that was a real spectacle. Uh, <laughs> just just on uh, a couple of things before... So we've, we, should, we should go to round 16. Like, round 16 is coming yep. up. Yeah. And there's a lot going on. And it's going to be a fascinating one because we're back to zero crowds. There's no crowds. There's been shenanigans where uh, the Roosters had already moved their SCG fixture to Newcastle. Yep. And that was, it was always in as tentative because the AFL and the SCG, they still have a few dates where they're uncertain. But the because of the Bondi cluster, the uh, Roosters already moved up there. Um, this game at Central Coast, the Warriors game, but all these games are going to be without crowds apart from 50% at Newcastle for the Roosters game. Imagine how many Roosters fans are going to turn up in Newcastle. Like this, this 42,000 seat Sydney cricket ground and about 1,500 turn up and they call it 7,000. And then uh, <laughs> how many of them are going to drive to Newcastle? Well, well none because they can't because they're locked down. No, and, uh, and you know what? They love their football so much up there, they'll get a bigger crowd than they would have got at the Old Girl. I actually, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do. Then there's the... Well, it's the, a blockbuster. The, the world. the Storms. And there's a real, it's a real shame to me because I love going to the 8th one of the world when you're there so I can come down the corridor and steal your prawns and get your scones, but you won't be there. Will no, the catering still be there? I know, it was against the Accursed Rabbits and uh, I was really looking forward to it. And then you've got the Battle of the West. You've got the Panthers and the Eels. Top four clash. In front of no one, it's it's tragic. Which that and that is because that would be that would sell out. 
But well, shake the well, the capacity zero. Yes, I think it will sell out. But it would have sold out if the capacity was 100. Then, of course, the Raiders played the Titans, and the Titans are a huge draw. There's a lot of Gold Coast fans in... Uh, Come on, Dennis. We're trying to get people to keep listening here. Yep. <laughs> um, but I think Canberra's on 50% capacity as well. Right. So, yeah, all going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Just before we go to the break, two things. Can, can I reflect <laughs> on the fact that the St. George Dragons have opened up a new museum in the Taj Mahal, a.k.a. the St. George Leagues Club, called the Spirit of the Red V. The Spirit of the Red V. Now, you'd expect that you'd go down there and you'd see a lot of exhibitions around, you know, uh, the never-before-never-again 11 premierships, you know, all the various immortals sort of played for the Dragons, the Rapers, the the Gaznirs, the Langlands. No, that's not the spirit of the Red V, Chris. The spirit of the Red V is going to be much more... I would have thought it's going to be much more about the years between 78 and 2010. Correct. They're just choking. Yeah. There'll be, there'll be the grand finals. There'll be all those grand finals where they lost. And the, the, the two in a row. That's back right. to back to the Broncos. Yeah, so there'll, be, there'll the, be the whole Broncos room. There's the choke exhibition... Uh, yeah, when you walk into that part of the Spirit of the Reverie Museum, of course, you actually walk under Chang'e's white boots suspended above you from the thirty-eight to zip loss to the Roosters in seventy-five, <laughs> and you walk through the nineteen eighty-five, the nineteen ninety-two, the nineteen ninety-three, the nineteen ninety-six, uh, and the ninety-nine grand final losses. Just a tremendous uh, period. There'll be uh, monuments to Chuck Mundine dropping the ball over the line, Jamie Aitsko taping out Craig Smith in the ninety-nine grand final and the penalty try. Poor old Jason Stevens <laughs> busting his thumb early in the 90s grand final. You'll see a particular exhibit devoted to Nathan Brown. First of all, there'll be some of his hair. That's, you know, that's oh, wow. That's preserved in loose. How did they find that? And, uh, and, and there'll be uh, a couple of parts of the exhibit for Brownie, the brown polish devoted to his hand. So, of course, the hand that yep. was on Matthew Ridge that didn't stop Matthew Ridge getting up and continuing to run to lead to a try under the sticks for Manly in the 96 <laughs> grand final. And an interactive exhibition where you can actually, uh, with VR goggles on, be Brownie's hand as you give T-Baz the little gentle love tap oh. that he did down at Wynn Stadium all those years ago. Do they have do they have a the alternate VR where you can actually you can actually feel the wrath, you can feel the slap, you can feel the velvet glove, the bang. Imagine that. You can you can get you can they got a handprint t shirt. Look much like Midnight Oil used to have that handprint. Have they got a brownie handprint t shirt? And if you do the virtual tour in the spirit of the Red V, of course your host is of course Ross Skull May. Uh, where you not only <laughs> learn about the history of the St George Rugby League football team, you also get a really, really good handle on the journey that has been national socialism in this country. So couldn't, couldn't recommend it anymore. Uh, Dennis, you think we should go to a break? I think we should go to a break, Chris. Boy, it's, it's exhausting work here in lockdown. It's really tough, but I mean, I just want to give a shout out to the six great rugby league players who've had enough, who actually are actively trying to campaign to bring the horsemen down. So I regard all these players as heroes. I refer, of course, to Josh Dugan from the Newtown Jets, who's been out to the Fratelli... Paradiso, as opposed to Fratelli Fresh in Potts Point, and those five wonderful bulldogs who went to the Royal Hotel in Ramwick uh, in apparent breach of the COVID restrictions, meaning that T-Baz will have to recruit outside the top 30 players, apparently, to get a team on the park this weekend. And I refer, of course, to Dylan Napa, Brandon Wake, and Sione Katoa, one of the Sione Katoas, Corey Waddell, and finally we get a legitimate reason to play this song, because part of the Royal Hotel Five is Canterbury Bankstown Bulldog Aaron Shoop. Shoop, baby. Yeah, well, it's so important with regards to you're right. I got the wrong, yes, wrong game. Call your phone today. No, I call your phone today. Um, I have no intelligence. That's what I'm suggesting. Um, I know that you touched on it, Chris. You, you got into it. Um, the the fatty live mic, and it would be remiss of me to do media watch without playing a live mic goof. Over to you, Brace. 
They might as well call off the third. Well, what a night here. <laughs> I know. I, I, it's, oh, it's been, that, was, that was Brace, not Braith. For a second, I thought it was Braith. I was getting confused. Why Fatty would be on with Braith? Been, but Braith's, Braith's, been, uh, Braith's been all over every other media outlet, so uh, wouldn't be a surprise to see him on Channel 9. But... <laughs> We did. Uh, it was a rare chance to watch Channel Nine. I guess these days you don't get to watch a lot of Channel Nine, and even rarer to see the great man Ray well, Warren. You get to, you just don't choose to. Well, he doesn't do that many games. He does four or no, five no, games. No. Yeah, um, he was at his best, and a lot of people have pointed this this little bit out. Oh, was underneath it. Oh, felt. I guess he did feel it. I mean, <laughs> I, I was taken by that at the time, and I said. Has this not been used before? And I think I don't, I don't think so. And I just think that that is the courage of Ray Warren. Is that everybody was just <laughs> not prepared to make the most obvious comment about Kyle Felt? You know, at key moments in his career, i.e., the 2015 Grand Final try. And on the grandest stage of all, Ray Warren said stuff, and I'm doing it. And kudos to him because I genuinely don't think I've ever heard anyone else do the word play about Kyle Felt during a game. And if it only looks like Ray Warren's doing Grand Finals and Origins, I don't think you'll get a chance to do Kyle Felt again. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> but we, but we he did, did get... He, a... nailed, he did nail To'o then. He oh, did. Was, he I, did. I've heard him struggle with that in the past. It was a tough night for Kyle. It, it, you know, towards the end, To'o stripped him of the potential try. He dropped the bomb, AFL style, what a dud game. But you've got to be in those positions in order to make those mistakes. So at least he was putting themselves in the mix. And I won't <laughs> criticise the guy... But you're right, Pat. He'll never play Origin again. <laughs> well, I got, I got no problem with the um, with Kyle Felt. But back to Ray Warren. We were treated to a, a nice little best of. Steve Renoff doing the welcome to country. I remember the 92-93 grand final won by Brisbane. He was Renoff at the 20-metre line and Renouf at the halfway and back to Renoff at the 20-metre line at the other end of the ground. How do I know? Because I couldn't get it right. So hang on. Did Renouf and Renoff and Renouf pass to each other? <laughs> Renouf, or he just called, yeah. he's called it differently in different times? That was yeah, such a I long think run. A... He went through a time-space continuum, I think. But he did reference there that he gets names wrong, as we all do. Um, and it's been talked about a lot, but there is one name in particular that he has struggled with over the last, uh, over the last couple of years. So he's played out there by... Fasua Malawi and running it towards Fasua Malawi. Fasua Malawi, the big fellow, plays the ball across the face there of Fasua Malawi. To Fasua Malawi. Big Tino playing the ball. It's gone behind. Fasua Malawi. Fasua Malawi again. So here's Fanukan. By the way, Welsh is back from the HIA, and Fasua Malawi has gone back to the bench. As Fatty calls him Big Tino. Fasua Malawi. Cameron, Cameron, find him. Cameron, find him. Who us? <laughs> I thought the wife was asleep last night, and I was practicing it. <laughs> she said, "Are you talking to yourself, or are you having a dream?" Quite sure. Anyway, well, you know so, what? He came close to getting it right in one of those occasions. One of those twelve yeah. occasions. I, I, I don't believe it was practicing. I'd be, I'd be going big Tino myself. I'm not good. Dennis, you're good at it. Hit us with it. Fasul Malawi. Thank you very much. Fasul Malawi. Fasul Malawi. They're actually pretty easy once you get your head around it because it's phonetic. Exactly, it is. They only yeah. have five vowel sounds. They have no diphthongs. Pacifica languages don't have diphthongs and they don't have vowel sounds. English is full of diphthongs, which are all entirely, you know, in one word they say one thing, in another word they say another. The Pacifica language are all consistent through it. It's I'll like that you, bloody Monica honey. Don't start me on Monica honey. You didn't, but I want to be started uh, on it. I won't. I promise you I won't. <laughs> that'll, um, be another, that'll be another episode. And I did watch a lot of Channel 9 to get every mention of Fasua Malawi that Ray Warren's ever done. And so I had to watch <laughs> and I had to watch a lot of Channel 9 ads myself. And of course on Nine Now and on Origin as well. Thanks for not mentioning it. They do they do play those Beauty and the Geek ads a lot. <laughs> and were you on there, Pat? Oh, oh I was I, not. I missed out. How painful is it for you? 
Uh, I didn't really care because I thought I'd only be going on TV to debase myself, so no harm <laughs> lost. But it would have been cool to be on the Origin coverage. Yeah, well, and of course, we were excited because, as you know, I'm going to end up as part of the crowd scenes at the episode where the contestants take on the Pro Wrestling Australia wrestlers. And there was actually a cut shot of Jack J. Bonza from PWA sitting next to Sophie Monk enjoying the action that we're providing and it was a really really exciting moment though my partner Mary Jane turned to me and said after she'd heard the geeks talking about their backstory in that promo Pat could never have got on there he doesn't live at home and that was that's that seemed to be a bit of a trope with the geeks yeah I live at home with my parents and uh I mean the bit about never having a kiss before you would have been fine on that that but I mean, yeah. you could sort of see your competition pack, couldn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the not living at home would be bad backstory for Beauty and the Geek, but good for Survivor in that I haven't, oh, I haven't lived with my next, parents since I was 12. Have you applied well, for uh, the Beauty way and the Geek I got on to for, for Survivor? Beauty and the Geek was applying for Survivor because I'm a really big Survivor fan. <laughs> and then so instead of doing Survivor, they said, well, you'd be better off on Beauty and the Geek. So I missed out on that. And then now the Survivor season they're doing is Beauty... Oh, Brains versus Brawn. So they kicked me off Survivor to do Beauty and the Geek and then Survivor does its own Beauty and the Geek season. Wow. So this is so is this why you were so offended by the Tigers' reworked song last week? Being a big yeah, well, Survivor fan. Well, speaking of... Thank you to Justin from Earlwood for pointing out that that uh, the guy who's saying that is Mark Williams. And I guess I must have been sitting with Chris when I found that out because Chris happens to be Mark Williams' biographer, apparently. Not true. <laughs> have a little bit of, uh, uh, Mark Williams is a terrific contributor. I was actually at a wedding where Mark Williams performed. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, he, he's, he's in that Steve Balby mole camp. A couple of things I want to say there. First of all, just on uh, the fact that you didn't qualify for either Beauty and the Geek or Survivor, the X Factor is not X Factor, but in fact, Big Brother, they are taking auditions right now. And I can see you on that format. Yeah. Yep. So definitely whacking your application for that. And as always, I'm always looking for a bit of a Janet Jackson titbit. And uh, Mm. well... Because immediately, <laughs> unintentionally, immediately takes me back to the Super Bowl with uh, Justin Timberlake. But I just wanted to very quickly get everyone's head around because people often ask me, what's the connection between Janet Jackson and Paul Kent, the co-host of NRL 360, now being superbly co-helmed by Vonnie Sampson? And do you guys know the answer? Absolutely no idea. Janet's first TV role between the years 1977 and 1979 was on Good Times. And of course, one of the segments this year on NL 360 is yep. Kenny walking in at Dick's Hotel to the strains of the yep. theme from Good Times. Can I simply say that's Dynamite. Her other shows, of course, were Different Strokes, <laughs> uh, where she played Todd's girlfriend, and Fame. Really? Didn't know that she was on Fame. I knew Different Strokes, but I didn't know Fame. So she's uh, uh, a triple threat, Janet, no doubt about it. Well, I had no idea. I watched all, I didn't watch a lot of Fame. But I did watch the others. I, I had no idea it was Janet Jackson. What you talking about, Dennis? <laughs> wow. So, what ha- what so, feedback have we got? Uh, we also have a group um, where, where we can share ideas, get banter going. That's going quite well. Ben Arkin gave it a plug. I've got to be honest with you. I have loved every minute, every minute, uh, including when you blew up Deluxe. Uh... <laughs> and on that... That's our group, and blowing on up that, Deluxe. That's it, Blowing Up Docs. Blowing Up Docs on Facebook. Um, get in, it's a great time. A lot of people, a lot smarter and a lot funnier than us on it. Terry Bill pointed out that Unemployed Shire resident it was the one that exposed the Mulatalo selection. Yep. Um, and Terry Bill pointed out that uh, the buzz broke it. it. was buzz breaking that. Yeah, well, as a defined employed because he is the editor yeah. at large. He's not allowed in the building. Not that anyone is at the moment, but anyway. Well, does this count as employment for me? Maybe he's just, um, they just let him hang around it. Uh, caught. <laughs> well, leave it this way. If you put this on your uh, tax return, they're not going to be chasing you for anything much. Um, and then uh, Ronson Blake, who if he ever gets his own podcast, we're in trouble because he, uh, he's good for a singer a week. 
This so is a great name about, as well. It's driving that. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look into the uh, validity of it. But we're talking about dynasties and how many dynasties and false dawns New South Wales have had. And he pointed out that dynasties are like a soap opera. So you know you have like something very, um, very dramatic will happen, and then it just takes them like ten minutes to sort it out in the next episode. So New South Wales will have two good sets of six in 2012, and all of a sudden it's a dynasty. They don't even win the game. And then we also finally have uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, Gus has been Gus has been tweeting, possibly tweeting and uh. drinking. <laughs> Drink and tweet. I think he's been drinking and tweeting. Yeah. So talking about the coronavirus, he said, I think things are about to explode throughout the country. It was only a matter of time, but we will handle it. Zero COVID for life is unrealistic. It will come and go until the next virus comes along. Maybe it's the start of the planet saying it's time for us to go. Armageddon, wow. Gus. He's okay End with that days. though because he's got planet Gus to go to. He's got planet Gus. He's an astronaut. Well, but... He's still he's still on Earth because he's just tweeted just now. He tweeted a, a lovely picture of a rainbow over Botany over Botany Bay, saying "Not all is lost." There is a there is a telly movie or something in Armageddon Gus, where he's responsible. He gets access to the spaceship, and he's the determinant of who gets on the spaceship to escape the planet, and what his criteria would be. Because you know, normally it's meant to be a musician and a politician and. You know, yeah, Ricky Stewart right would be nervous. <laughs> Ricky Stewart would be nervous because they're on and off. Yeah, you wouldn't want to ca- you wouldn't want to catch it on the wrong day. Yeah, it'd depend what part of the cycle it was. See, I do yeah. wonder this going going back to the start to the whole Queensland origin selection policy. I I wonder whether Gus they should just say Gus get get a panel of Gus and uh, Choppy Close and Billy Moore and much like they do in uh, Harry Potter, just have a Sorting Hat. And those three are the sorting hat. And they just say, you, you come up and you say, hi, my name is Ronaldo Molotalo. Yeah, okay, I, I, I answered three no's, but I really want to play for Queensland because I really like Queensland. Billy and Chris Choppy would go, Queenslander. And Gus, the sorting hat, would go, yes, he could determine it. Yeah. Or maybe Gus... Isn't that a better maybe, system? What about Gus is the first point of call? Because, of course, his famous thing is, oh, he's an origin player. So Mulatalo comes up. Wow. Gus is the first. Gus is the first guard. He says he's an Origin player. Gets through, he's a, which, which gets through. Like he's a yeah. wizard. He's, he yeah. qualifies for Hogwarts. Yeah. Then there's a sorting hat of which house. Yeah, and then it's just Queensland or no. So, <laughs> and so the Queenslanders will look at you and they'll say, "Yep, you're in." And if you're not, you're off to you're out in the New cold South of Wales. New South Wales. Yep. Yep. And then once everyone's on board, and I assume Buzz is on board because you know Buzz is defining Gus as much as Origin defines Gus. And then he'll make the pre-launch speech and then he'll just finish, anyway, enjoy your Noah's Ark or something like that. How good would that be? <laughs> Anything else, Pat? That's all from me. I've got I've, Chris's Correspondence Corner, Dennis. Oh, Chris's oh. Correspondence Corner. I yep. thought it'd be a bit there's kooky. A there. There's a C in there as well. Well, I thought it'd be a bit kooky and... You know, name it correspondence and corner with a K, and then its acronym would be KKK, and I decided against yeah. it. But um, you thought that was a bit kooky. I mean, K O K Y. Dennis, Chris's kooky correspondence corner. Chris's kooky correspondence corner. KKKK. We're clear. That's fine. That's absolutely the quadruple K. Um, sounds like something I saw at a nightclub once. Uh, <laughs> some of the feedback is mainstream, Dennis. So James Bracey for 100% footy talking about the Mulatalo affair last night said, you know, it's become legend, this sort of stuff. They've written songs about it, which is obviously referring to you. Uh, and don't argue on Instagram said Dennis claims an origin scout, the power of music. So he is saying you are the catalyst, the agency, the mechanism by which Ronaldo's origin dreams were dashed, at least for this round. Well, I have to say, I actually, my phone blew up on Sunday morning. <laughs> I was getting, um, a number of people, no, no less than Brad Walter from NRL.com following the Sydney Morning Herald is saying, this is your fault. And there's there was one person on Twitter saying, has Dennis appointed an heir so that they can keep updating the song once he's gone? That's right. That's right. Is it in your will? <laughs> I haven't yet. So clearly I need to attend to that. <laughs> and then, Pat, what was uh, your uh, post for discussion this week? Instagram. Uh, yeah, so 
Ah, uh, yeah, so I touched on it before. Uh, I've been a long-suffering New South Wales fan. I had to sit through so many false dawns. And if you just put in New South Wales dynasty on Twitter, there's any number of articles and people saying that this is the new New South Wales dynasty. This is the new... So you had, you know, like half time in 2017. It's like, well, this is a new dynasty. You know, how many are they going to win? Are they going to win 20? Are they going to win 30 in a row? How many? And they won't even win two games in a row to win a series. Well, as Benny would say, the job is only two thirds done. But... um. Dennis, if your phone was blowing up, I trust it was blowing up Deluxe, a la our new Facebook discussion group. No, it, it was absolutely blowing up Deluxe. And I want just you mentioned Benny there, and I'm, I'm thinking that uh, Turbo, there's a wonderful article in the paper about Tommy Turbo um, that suggests that he should probably be speaking to uh, to Benny Elias because it says he was, um, where, where is it? he was asked, you know, he was, it was put to him that he was the most intelligent bloke in the room, that he was the most intelligent player in the Origin squad. Pravojevic is generally confused when I tell him the coach thinks he's got the biggest brain in the room. Intelligent, he says, deflecting. I'm good at maths. Yeah. <laughs> and this University of Rugby League is coming together because you'll have Emeritus Professor of Mathematics, Benny Elias. You'll have his Associate Professor, Tom Travojevic, Christian Wells covering the business angle with the MBAs, Astrophysics, Gus Gould, I am an astronaut. It's really coming together. James Hooper doing common sense. Ricky Stewart, Ricky would be there in humanities. He'd be he'd be there in the arts, in the linguistics, in the in the history, and the languages. Because he's come out and said he was he was searching for a word one day in a press conference and he couldn't find the word. He couldn't remember what it was. And someone from the audience called out a word and he said, "That's not quite it, but I'll use that." And then he said, "I never was any good at maths." <laughs> well, uh, and of course, uh, Des has like chemistry, mad professor. Mitchell oh. Pearce. Miss Mitchell Pierce uh, literacy. Yes, that's right. The Mitchell Pierce libraries. <laughs> you've got you've got uh, biology, of course. Uh, Craig Bellamy, who's you know building rugby league players in petri dishes. <laughs> this has got. You'd a- have Ronaldo, Ronaldo Mulatalo <laughs> be in there. Perhaps not for geography. <laughs> um, possibly not for literacy. So this has, got, be- this, this has got a way to run, and we might have to investigate it further. But just my last bit of feedback for the week was on Instagram in response to your how good a dynasty's post, Pat. K. Jez Shots said, and I think he's referring to his beloved Manly Ringer Seagulls, looking good until Turbo goes out for 12 months with an AC injury from the Lotto Land pitch. Why couldn't it be DCE? This is your typical rugby league fan. <laughs> They're absolutely morose and bereft of us about something that hasn't happened yet. And I want to say, K. Jez Shots, I appreciate your attitude, though let's call a spade a spade. It's the Four Pines Park pitch, please. Beautiful, and it's a much better name. And I think with that, we might sum up this fire up and we'll thank the Batuta Advocate for having us on there. Diamantina Podcast Network, and we thank you for listening. Please join up the group, join the conversation, Blowing Up Deluxe. Follow us on Twitter, Fire Up NRL. Is that the one, Chris? Yes, at Fire Up NRL. At Fire yep. Up NRL. Follow us on Facebook. Fire Up Rugby League. Yep. Feel free to leave a review on on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast and we'll be back again even more fired up next week. Thanks for listening. Is that daddy sitting up there? What's this? Are they gherkins? Powerade and gherkin? Is that some kind of peptide or something? Oh, no.